Okay, today on Greasy Wheels, we're going to be talking about our tools. And I'm talking about tools that you use at work, gentlemen. When you talk about guys and their tools, it's kind of like talking about shoes with women. Um, They seem like they need to have every single one of every style of shoes. And, well, guys, we're kind of like that. We need one of every single tool there is in the world. And and then once we got all those, we need another set because we have one at work and, of course, another one at home. That's why uh, now that... Sears is going to really pretty much no longer be with us. It's going to be tough to go shopping with the ladies in our lives because we're not going to have anywhere to go and gawk at tools while they try on every pair of slacks at the Macy's. Or at, um, There is one constant uh, that I can give to you about tools, and that's that we never seem to have enough tools. Uh, it doesn't matter what job you're doing. You can always envision a tool that you don't have doing the job better than the tool that you do have. And in today's episode, what we're going to do is explore our relationship with the tools we have and talk about some of the ones that we don't have. Now, I I love my tools because I can do really quite a lot of amazing things with, with my tools, much like you guys. And uh, they're the lifeblood of our uh, of our jobs. Uh, it was, some of us treat them like family members. I know I sometimes talk to my tools, but I don't really use very good language with them, especially when they fall on the floor for the 10th time. Uh, some of us myself included hate some of our tools there's some tools we have that just don't do the job we'd probably be better off if we just threw them in the garbage can but we don't we throw them back in the box and we wait for an opportunity at a later date for that tool to completely humiliate us again so and the the thing is with some of these tools there some of them are expensive and we hate them and some of them are are cheap and we hate them we treat them badly now when we talk about tools there's basically just two kinds of tools, two classes of tools. There's cheap tools and there's expensive tools. And we, we all know what the difference is. Um, when I'm talking about cheap tools, I'm talking about tools that you pick up in those uh, two-for-one bins at the Napa or maybe at Harbor Freight or something like that. And you might ask yourself, if you don't buy these tools, why some people would actually buy cheap tools? Well, people. People are cheap. And cheap people buy cheap tools. And it's okay if you're a mechanic and you buy cheap tools, but you're going to get burnt with them. So it's just one of those things that if it's something you're only going to need once or you want to destroy it or you want to beat the crap out of it, then go ahead and get something cheap. But uh, unless you're going to do the job just once, uh, cheap tools pretty much aren't the way to go. Uh, I find that a lot of people buy cheap tools because they don't have any money. And if you're in this profession, uh, I know that you can... You can certainly sympathize with that uh, point of view. Uh, The difference we're talking about here, okay, uh, just to give you an example of what I mean, you can get a a socket set, like at Harbor Freight, just as an example, uh, it costs like 15 bucks, and it's got, you know, from 8 millimeter all the way up to like 19 millimeter, there's there's 12 of them there, and they have skips, you know, like, oh, you're never going to need a 16 ever, so, and they're 12 point, and they're chrome, but they're crappy, and you know, the 15 bucks. And then you go to Snap-on and uh, somebody like that, some of the higher quality tools, and you need to buy just one socket and that socket costs 28 freaking dollars. So, you know, you can see that there is uh, pros and cons to both of these particular types of tools. Uh, the irony is that if you get a, a socket from our refrigerator, you get a socket from uh, Snap-on, you're going to find they'll probably both do the job. So you have to kind of weigh a lot of different uh, factors when you're going to be buying tools. Uh, You know, how many times am I going to use this? Am I going to get laughed at right out of the shop? 
uh, for use in Harbor Freight tools. Uh, a lot of times I find that if it does, it's, if it does the job, if it works, it's not stupid. So that's the thing. Uh, a lot of times when you buy a, a quality tool from like a Snap-on, you know, you pay $28 for a socket and then you break it right in half. When that guy shows up next week, that is if he does show up next week, you can just hand it to him and he'll give you another one. Um, if you break the Harbor Freight tool, they'll probably give you another one too, but you got to hump down to the store and slap it on the counter and have the uh, woman that works there go, oh, just go grab another one. So that's what you have to contend with. Sometimes uh, I buy, I, I got to be honest with you, I buy quality tools for use at work. I think that all of you guys do pretty much the same thing. There's some cheap tools in my in my work toolbox, but also uh, at home, I have a tendency to have less expensive stuff, uh, a lot of craftsman stuff in my box at home because I got a lot of this stuff, honestly, back in the day before I was a professional, and I just still have it, and it still works. So, you know, there's a, there's a very thin line there, and it moves all the time. So you got to figure out, you know, what you're going to be doing, how often you're going to be doing it, where you're going to be doing it, and if it needs to work every single time. Uh, I have a cheap set of tools that I keep in the back of my truck uh, just for taking on road trips. You know, if I'm going to be working on something off-site or if I'm going to be going to the junkyard, that's a, a perfect tool set to have for that. Um, I did have, uh, I spent a bit of time at uh, WildTech in Laramie, Wyoming, and uh, actually had a, a cheap set of tools that I carried around with me on my truck and ended up putting together about three or four cars with those tools and they work just fine for that. So you got to examine what you're going to be using them for and you're going to want to uh, uh, spend your money wisely when it comes to tools because it's real easy to get in a hole real fast. Guys, when I talk about expensive tools, I'm talking about tools that you spend a good chunk of money on. Tools where the quality is obviously much better than something you might get from Arbor Freight. And if you're a professional, okay, you're going to need tools that are going to stand up to the abuse you're going to put them under daily, okay? Uh, I have a lot of Snap-on tools in the box at work. Uh, I need that stuff to be good and to do its job all the time. I can't be messing around with tools that are going to split down the side or they're going to round off bolts and nuts and fasteners and that sort of thing. And so... I got to have good stuff. I know that you guys are a lot. A lot of you guys are in the same boat. You don't want to mess around with the cheap tools. And and quite frankly, I've I've talked to a few of you out there, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to use that cheap shit. You know, just just not going to do it. Because um, you, you know, if you have like Harbor Freight tools and you're trying to do a job, and and the tool's broken, what are you going to do? Stop what you're doing and run down to to the Harbor Freight in your town if there even is one. You know, so that's that's something you have to consider. A lot of times. When we're talking about high-quality tools, we're talking about tools that will just do the job correctly, whereas a, an imitation or a cheap version isn't going to do the job right just because of the way they're manufactured. You know, the tolerances are going to be a little bit tighter on a quality tool. The machining's held to a higher standard. They have a better finish. A lot of times you'll find uh, some of the wrenches, like, like if you have a snap-on wrench, they'll have uh, wrenches that'll grip a bolt in a specific way and help you get it out when you don't have the best angle at it. I know if you work on uh, some of these newer cars where everything is just crammed, you know, like 10 pounds of shit in a two pound sack and you can just barely get on a nut, you definitely want to get on that with a good quality tool so you don't round it off. You can get it out the right way. It's not, uh, not something you want to mess around with the cheap tool stuff on. The problem is, is the expense, obviously. I think there's a lot of us out there who owe the tool guy a lot of money. I'm not in that boat anymore. Thank you very 
very much. Uh, I uh, Kudos to you if you've spent the money for tools and pay that guy 50 bucks a week and you'll probably be paid off about 10 years after you die. It's just, you gotta, you gotta do it. The, the quality tools are just what makes your job that much easier. The other thing too, when you, when you deal with tool guys who come into your shop and even if you're dealing with uh, different tool guys than like the Snap-on or the Mac guy or a Maco guy or a Cornwell guy, um, that these companies will have specialized tools also and a lot of times if you're lucky anyway they'll have them right there on a truck so it's happened it doesn't happen very often but you'll be in need of a seriously specialty tool and they'll have it on their truck and you you might even be able to just use it and give it back to them. You say, oh, I just need you to take this for a test drive. Uh, they kind of frown on that. But uh, if, you know, if you're a good customer and you pay on time and you bought things from them and you just need a tool once, they might, they might have a tendency to look the other way. Although, I, I don't know. It depends on your specific tool guy. I know there's some out there that are good and some out there that are not so good. But these guys are going to have specialty tools for you. If they're not on their truck, they can get them for you. So that, that, there's another thing you have to take into consideration because you're not going to be able to get those specialty tools really anywhere else. Now, I want to talk about having the right tool for the job, okay? Uh, you can have a, 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 the biggest goddamn toolbox in the world, and it could be chock full of, of awesome, excellent, high-quality tools, but then you, you know what's going to happen. You're going to get a car or a vehicle, and you're going to need some specialized tool that you don't have because it happens all the time. It happens, I, I think it happens every day. The, the line of cars that I typically work on, they invent tools every day for different situations and it's mind-numbing after a while. A good example of this is like the, uh, the, the spanner type wrench that you need to use to take a fuel pump out of a fuel tank. You know, they go on, they have teeth on them and they fit in the grooves specifically and they have a, a socket attachment and you can, you can put your 3 eighths or your half inch on there and just whoop, out comes out comes the uh, the fuel the fuel uh, the fuel pump retainer ring, you know that uh, that goofy ass ring with the with the seal underneath it that holds the fuel pump into the tank. And it, it, if you don't have that specific socket, and I know a lot of guys go, oh, I don't need that, you know. Well, you, that means that you're in there with a hammer and, and a screwdriver or a pry bar trying to get that son of a bitch out of there and it's a really good way to fucking wreck it so I, I, I recommend getting the right tools a lot of times if you have the exact correct tool to do the job it, it almost gives you a boner to take a part off a car with this tool because it just works exactly the way it's supposed to whereas if you didn't have that tool you'd be jerking around with some socket that's two sizes too big and it, it just grabs it barely and it strips the shit out of it and now you're fucked because you got to get a new part because you screwed it up and uh, so so having the right tool having the right specialty tool that's a, that's a real big deal for me uh working on a lot of cars that require a lot of specialty tools uh one of the one of the one of the things that drives me crazy is all the timing tools that you need for these cars nowadays. And these tools became extremely important with the advent of interference engines. Now, I know we've probably always had interference engines. For all I know, the engine in the uh, Supermarine Spitfire from World War II was an interference engine. And, and if you didn't time it just right, guess what? You weren't going to win the Battle of Britain. But uh, it seems like every engine these days 
is an interference engine because of the way they're adjusting the camshafts and they're opening the valves a little more or a little less. So the timing tools are extremely important and you don't really want to cheap out on those because if their machine's just a little off, then guess what? The cam is just a little off and the valve opens a little late and it hits the piston and then you're fucked. Okay, so you know you want to have the you definitely want to have the right tool for that job. Uh, I find that we have to do a lot of bushings. Uh, you guys have to do ball joints on cars, control arm bushings, and all sorts of those things. And if you don't have the exact right adapter to pull or push that bushing or bearing or ball joint out and then install the new one, you're going to find that the new parts go in all cockeyed, all cattywampus, and then it fucks them up and you have to get a whole other one. And usually by that time you figure out the adapter needs to be different or maybe your friend has it and didn't put it back in the kit or or maybe you just never had it in the first place but using the right tool in the right situation is a very big deal and if you're going to spend money to get some of these specialty tools and you think you're only going to need it once eh, i don't know it's 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 kind of a toss-up really because a lot of times we'll get a tool we think we're going to use it once and then we end up using the shit out of it and other times we think we're going to have a tool that we're only that we're going to need all the time, and then it sits. It's got dust on it. So you're going to want to you're going to want to evaluate your special tool needs and then spend accordingly. Now, as I was saying earlier, uh, cars these days require a lot of specialized tools, and it's not going to get any better, guys. Especially now that we're going to have cars that drive themselves and and park themselves. And I'm waiting for the car that washes itself. Um, I'm. I'd also like to buy the car that actually goes to work and does my fucking job for me. Um, but I suspect I'll be long dead before that happens. But you're going to need a lot of different specialized tools to fix these new cars. There's so many things that need to be lined up and installed correctly. And, and it's just, it's, it's really going to get out of hand. And a lot of independent shops especially are going to just be out of luck with some of these, some of these repairs. Um, I know a lot of us, myself included, and we have... A fabricator that helps us out with this but we find that we have to modify tools quite a bit and uh, this is really where the men get separated from the boys because if you look at certain stuff you go well you know what if I had like a half inch wrench and I bent it right here I could fit it in there and turn this nut and get that component out without having to remove said component that takes three hours and I've just saved myself a lot of time and also made time in certain cases on the job so modifying tools it's it's just it's just part of the business bro you know what's gonna happen is uh, you're gonna be working on some car that your dickhead service advisor said oh yeah we can work on that and then it, you they pull it in and it's some off-brand that no one likes and no one wants to drive and no one wants to fix and no one gives a shit about, and now you have to fix it. And the problem with that is that the company that made the goddamn car doesn't even exist anymore. If they do exist, now they make ammunition or fucking toasters or some shit like that. And if you call them up and ask them about a tool, basically what they'll do is just, well, they'll probably just hang up on you. I was checking the uh, specs on the end line for the rotary girder. I'm retarded. Hi. Okay, Tom, let's go. Now, personally, in my toolbox, I have an entire drawer of tools, uh, wrenches, and, and that sort of thing that are that have been heated up and bent around in the vise or have tape on them in a certain spot or, you know, they, they've been ground down to fit in a certain spot. I have uh, 
uh, brake line tools, brake line wrenches, the uh, those ones with just a little slot in them for the brake line to fit through that are bent at a 90 degree angle so I can put a certain brake hose onto a certain BMW. Um, I think we're, we all have that drawer. I actually have two of them. I have one at work, which has some really goofy shit in it, and then I have one at home, which has, you know, the usual uh, bend-up half-inch wrench or 7 16-inch wrench for tightening up uh, header bolts on a crazy small block somewhere. If you have tools that you need to modify, uh, seriously, I would like to uh, hear from you about tools that you've had to modify, some of the modifications that you've made, and because, uh, I mean, I'm always looking to find new ways to do things that I've only found the hard way to do so far. One of the other things I found, gentlemen, is that in an effort to get the job done, we end up destroying tools, which is also another part of our job that I am just in love with. I know that my boss doesn't really care if I wreck the tools as long as I make him money. Uh, when, you, when you have cheap tools, uh, like I said, I have at home, I, I, I modify them, I beat the shit out of them, I heat them up, I bend them around, I don't, I don't really care, because they, they're cheap tools. And that's pretty much what their uh, what their existence is, is all about. Uh, a lot of us uh, would probably chafe at the thought of taking like a, a thirty dollars snap on wrench and and melting that in, into a, a small molten ball of nothing to take off one bolt and a car that we're never going to work on ever again. You know, so uh, that's another reason why you might have cheap tools laying around. I know a lot of uh, a lot of tools that I have have these little marks in them. Because uh, I'm really famous at hitting them with a fucking hammer. Um, and and actually, in a twist of irony, a lot of my tools have actually been used as hammers. Uh, really, depending on the job you're doing and how big the wrench or the screwdriver you have in your hand is, it can actually become a hammer at any, any point in time, really. Uh, I think actually anything on this planet can be used as a hammer. Uh, rocks are really good. For that, your head, sometimes I've actually hit things with my head trying to move them out of the way. Uh, that's not really very effective, especially when you wake up on the ground and you can't remember what you, <laughs> what you're doing. Um, sometimes you have no choice. Uh, you take a tool, you need to get a job done, the tool will do the job if you do something to it. And so you go and you do that, and now that tool is absolutely completely fucking worthless for doing anything else with. One of the, one of the tools that I have... Uh, performed the actual ultimate act of destruction on is my 10 millimeter. Uh, I do a lot of uh, brake fluid flushes. The front, uh, the front bleeder screws on the cars I do, I do the brake fluid flushes on typically are 11 millimeter. And for some reason in my twisted brain, I can't remember to take that 11 millimeter wrench off of the bleeder screw and I'm done bleeding the last one. And so I've probably put about half a dozen of them on the ground somewhere on the road around my shop. Uh, over the course of the last 10, 15 years or so. So uh, there's that, you know, losing them is, losing them sucks. Uh, we all lose tools. Some of us had a pretty good clip because we don't keep track of them. I am kind of anal about my tools. I like to keep track of them and, uh, and keep them in my toolbox or wherever it is they belong. And then when I lose them, I absolutely lose my fucking mind as well. There's that. Uh, don't get me started. I, I mean, I don't even really want to talk about work lights because that's one of those things that I have a love-hate relationship with, meaning that I, I hate them. Uh, I love them, and I need them, but I hate them. Because I haven't found one yet that I'm really satisfied with, and I've been doing this for a very long time. I, if you've got a, a work light that you use uh, that works good for you, it works 
good for you in a lot of situations. Doesn't peter out on you. The battery lasts. The magnet sticks to things instead of just sticking to things a little bit and then falling off. They haven't melted or broken. Uh, let me let me know what what lights you have that work. Okay, if you want to hit hit me up on the uh, with an email, I'll give you the address at the end of the at the end of the podcast here. But I want to know because I I've had so many different goddamn work lights and they've all just been ginormous pieces of shit. And I actually I actually the one I have one now that nobody makes anymore, which is thrilling. That works just fabulous for me. I think in the future I'm going to do a podcast just on work lights because there are just so many of them and so many of them have a lot of different little flaws that just looking at them with a naked eye you'd be like oh that's no big deal and then when you're trying to work in a confined space and the fucking thing rolls over and shines in your eyes and you can't see anything for three minutes yeah then you find out uh you find out the pitfalls of that particular light Uh, what i want to know about work lights is why the fuck do they got to make them round you know what round things like to do they like now, one of the things I get asked a lot as a mechanic, as somebody who owns tools, has tools, looks at tools, buys tools, damages tools, destroys tools, loses tools, uh, people ask me all the time, what do I really need to work on a car? Uh, well, besides the desire to work on a car and, and, and a car, uh, you're going to need some tools. You're just basically going to need uh, hand tools. You don't really need anything too crazy. If you've got one car and it's the only car you're going to work on, and all you're going to do is simple stuff to it. Really, you just need the basics. The basics would be like, you know, uh, uh, half, half inch, three quarter, and quarter drive sockets, and then the ratchets to drive them. Some extensions so you can get at some stuff that's not too readily available. You'll probably want to get a good quality set of wrenches, uh, screwdrivers, and torch drivers because a lot of manufacturers now like to use torques. Um, if you are going to be working on a Volkswagen, and a lot of uh, you cheap bastards that own Volkswagens definitely want to work at them. You're going to probably want to invest in uh, something called triple squares. And if you don't own a Volkswagen and you've never seen one of these elusive triple square things, someday you will. But uh, for right now, it seems to be confined to the Volkswagen Audi Porsche people. And uh, we'll let them have them. They can have them. Uh, also, you're going to want to get yourself some good pliers. You'll need some side cutters. you got to cut stuff a lot more probably than you think. Uh, voice grips. you always got to have voice grips because they just they do every job pretty much. I mean, it could conceivably be a wrench. Sometimes there's some pretty good heft to them. They can be a hammer. I use them a lot to hold up hood lift struts that have decided to quit. Also, you'll want to get a good set of pry bars. A lot of times you take the bolts out of something and it's just saying, yeah... I, I don't care if you take the bolts out. I'm not going anywhere. And the pry bar says, come with me. And then, of course, last but not least, the uh, the OG tool, the first tool ever invented. You should definitely have some hammers. Uh, get some big ones. Get some little ones. And learn how to swing them, guys. Okay? If you grab a hammer up by the head and you try to swing it, it's the same really pretty much as just picking up a rock. Okay? A hammer's got a handle on it. Grab it down towards the bottom or at least somewhat towards the bottom and give that thing a swing i can't tell you how many times i watch technicians take a hammer take a swing at something they're holding it way up by the head and it doesn't work and then i come over and i grab it by the other end the business end and give it a swing and usually one or two shots and we're not talking about hammers anymore now here's a nice little list of things that are nice to have in your toolbox or at home in your tool set at home but they're not necessary typically if you live in the rust belt like i do there is actually some tools i I would almost consider them necessary 
if you're going to do any kind of work, um, if you work as a technician in a rust belt, you have these tools. I'm talking about torches, oxyacetylene torches, because sometimes you just need to pound some fucking heat into a bolt that's just saying, yeah, I'm not coming out. And the torch just says, yeah, you are. Uh, air cutoff tools are good to have. Uh, there's another set of tools. There's all kinds of extractors and things out there uh, for taking out rusted nuts, bolts, and screws. Uh, one of my favorites is what we call the turbo socket. Has little splines on it that are twisted the wrong way, and you drive them onto a rusted bolt, and then you put a, a ratchet or a wrench on them, and they sometimes come right out. If you live in the southwest or in the south, and you don't have a problem with rust, fuck you. Okay, that's all I got to say. Suck my dick. I'm I'm so tired of rust. It's crazy. I mean, it's so bad up here sometimes that I know what rust tastes like. Okay, so don't look forward to that. Get the hell out. Uh, move out of the rust belt if you can. Uh, other tools that are great to have, uh, but not necessary, especially if you're a home guy, uh, scan tools. Uh, scan tools are, are great. There's a gazillion different ones out there. Definitely do your research if you're going to buy one. Uh, multimeters, a DVOM, a uh, digital voltmeter. You definitely want to have one of those if you're going to do any kind of electrical work. Uh, you, you know, you can probably get away with a test light on some circuits, other circuits, you definitely got to have a multimeter. Power probes are kind of like a, a, a test light slash multimeter. Uh, they'll do the job too. <laughs> uh, also, torque wrenches. If you're doing engine work, you're definitely going to need a torque wrench. If you're just working on something at home, typically you can get away without a torque wrench too much. Uh, pneumatic tools, air ratchets and impact guns and air hammers especially. Uh, those are real fun to have. Uh, sawzalls and uh, all kinds of... Uh, What's the one tool I'm thinking of here that uh, spreads stuff out for you? What do they call those? Porta powers? Yeah. Because they make different ones that are like 4 ton or 10 ton. Those can be fun to have. Sometimes you can get a strut attachment for them. If you're doing stuff at home, you can actually change your change the springs on your struts with some of those tools. Now, one of the things I want to talk to the automotive technicians about mostly here towards the end of the podcast is about the, having two sets of tools. And I know a lot of us... Uh, like to do side job work at home because that's how we pay the mortgage is with the extra money we make working on customers' cars at our house. So we have uh, typically two sets of tools. I have a very different set of tools at work than I do at home because what I do at home is a lot different than what I do at work. I have to bring tools from work home. I know the boss loves that when I stroll out of there on a Friday afternoon with a tool bag full of tools uh, and they know that I'm going to be doing some sort of a side job. Uh, I know some of you probably have to be a little more uh, secretive about that and you have to kind of sneak out with them so that you don't have to answer a bunch of questions about it i don't have that going on where i'm at but uh, maybe you do a lot of us have uh, have the old uh, side job hijinks that we're doing all right so that's it for this week's grease the wheels podcast gentlemen keep your tools polished hey okay. phrasing <laughs> i can't believe i actually made it through an entire podcast without making a single tongue-in-cheek dick joke about tools well i guess i almost made it so hit us up with your favorite tools let us know what you got that you like what you got that you hate let us know about your work light situation what you got there whether it works for you or whether it doesn't work for you our email is grease the wheels podcast at gmail.com that's grease the wheels podcast at gmail.com let me know what your thoughts are whether you like it or you hate it and uh we have a Twitter also, that's a GTW Podcast. And as usual, at the end here, this is where we would put sponsorship information or maybe ads, but we don't have any yet. So hopefully this episode will change all of that.